The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Horror Hotel, a poppychuloradio.com and Apple Podcasts exclusive Poppy Chulo Radio pop culture on demand. I am your host and hotel owner, Jeffrey Aruz. We're so glad you could check in. We've been dying to have you. Here on Horror Hotel, we're going to explore some of Hollywood's scariest, most frightening, and creepiest films. Please welcome my co-host, Night Manager, Legionnaire. A boy's best friend is his mother. Aw. <laughs> that was cutesy. Concierge Supervisor, Cynthia Boyede. Hello. I have nothing else. <laughs> well, that was just enough. Night Auditor, Mark Estes. Hello, peoples. I have nothing this week. <laughs> and guest services supervisor Donovan Trot. I had something, but y'all are so dry tonight. I would feel silly saying. <laughs> let's continue on. Before we head on over to the ballroom, let's stop by the front desk where one of our bellhops has a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Please step all the way in, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. <laughs> I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p c r horror hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe. Dot com slash Panpichulo Radio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. Now, 
grab some popcorn and some snacks. You may step into the ballroom. It's time for your feature presentation. Thank you. All right, it's time to fire up the film projector in our ballroom so that we can discuss 1960s Psycho. Here's the official synopsis of the film. A Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote motel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. Burm, burm, burm. Domination. Sounds kinky. All right, so... <laughs> I'm going to ask the question that I usually ask at the start of this, and I have a feeling if y'all are going to make me proud, I should know the answer to this, and it should all be yeses, but I'm going to ask anyway. Has anyone ever seen Psycho before? Let's start off with uh, Cynthia. Yep. Donovan? No. Yes, of course I've seen Psycho. (laughs) Mark? Of course. Legionnaire? Yeah. Okay, same here. Many times, uh, it's a favorite not to show my cards or my uh, room keys so early, but this, I think Psycho, for me at least, is hands down my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie. It's just thebomb.com, baby. Thebomb.com. But, um, okay, so let's get into it. Let's talk about the cast. We have Janet Leigh in the iconic role of Marion Crane. We've got Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates. We've got uh, Vera Mills as Lila Crane. We've got John Gavin as Sam Loomis. Those are sort of like the the core um, group of uh, characters in the movie. We'll talk about them in a moment. Did anybody else in the cast stand out for any of you? No. No. I mean, and I've seen this movie several times at this point, and... Martin Balsam. Uh, who? Oh, the detective? Martin, Martin Balsam. Milton Arbogast? Yeah. Who was that? The private Ma- detective. Hmm. Yes, he's the he's the father of actress Talia Balsam. And who is she? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a good question, Bert. Okay, hold on. I know the name, but I can't tell you who it is. So, Legionnaire. She's, she's, she's an actress. That was boy. She was. Um, they're actually related to the Van Patten family. She was married to George Clooney back ages ago. Shout out to Talia. Okay, <laughs> get it, girl. Get that Clooney. Get that Van Patten money. <laughs> okay. Um. What I mean. What I was gonna say was I've seen this movie several times, and honestly, I can't imagine anyone. And it's not just because Janet Lee. Um, has such a great part and she does so much with it and she has such a presence. Um, But I honestly believe that this film was written in such a way to where that very first, you put all your eggs in that first basket. Like we have, you know, her backstory. We know who Marion is. We know what she's running from, all that. And so at the point where, I mean, we're going to get to it, but at that point where, I love how I'm like, spoiler alert, 
Um, <laughs> at the point when she's no longer in the film, you're <gasps> sort of left. Like, okay, oh God, what's happening now? So I feel like the film was written to center on that character. So all of the other characters that come later are really just sort of supporting characters, even though yeah. they probably technically get more screen time than she does. Um, the audience is meant to really be in Marion's sort of pocket, basically. That is true. Although I will give a shout out to Ted Knight from uh, Mary Tyler Moore, who plays uh, the policeman guarding Norman Bates at the end. Which, which Why? <coughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I like the Mary Tyler Moore show, Cynthia. Okay. Cynthia only watches shows from oh. like the 90s to the present. She's she's never seen the classics. Oh, God. Which um, guard was he? He was, I think, the one that got FaceTime. Yeah, with the he, the one that got camera like time. Facial expression, and I'm like, okay, like, are we supposed to feel a certain way about you? But maybe who knows what. Well, we wouldn't have at the time because I don't really think he was famous then. I would say, yeah, maybe, possibly. I don't know. All right, so let's talk about our main cast, because as Donovan was trying not to allude to, um, (laughs) Janet Lee does not make it through the movie. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So if you think she survives, she does not. Um, Marion Crane is only in the movie for, like, about, like, 45 to 50 minutes and after that we've still got like an hour left so at the time that was like a huge uh, bigly shock to the world uh, because you don't normally kill off like the top billing actor or actress like halfway through the movie or a little less than halfway through the movie. Same. Yeah, so that was like a huge deal at the time. And then afterwards, like other movies, I'd say probably most notably Scream in the 1990s, like sort of echoed that when they, uh, spoiler alert, for those who've never seen Scream. They <laughs> Damn it, I hadn't seen that yet. They kill off Drew Barrymore like 10 minutes into the movie. So uh, there you go. So let's talk about Janet Lee in this role as Marion Crane. What do we think of Janet Lee? There was a remake to Psycho. We don't in... even need to go there, do we? I yeah. know, but I was gonna, I was gonna say like, <laughs> do if, we need to talk about that movie? If anyone had has seen it, like, I don't think Anne Heche was like at all appropriate for the role, in my opinion. Not even close. No. No. Oh. Yeah, and it's not just her as an actress because actually Anne Hayes is a really good actress. But she at is. the time this movie came out, Janet Lee was a big star, and I don't think Anne Hayes was ever a Janet Lee. No, yeah. yeah. So no one was, no one would have been like, "Oh my God, they killed Anne Hayes!" Like so. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, yes. But- Maybe Ellen would have. <laughs> well, not even Ellen. That'd be kind of awkward trying to see her. Never mind. I'm going to stop. Okay. Uh, but yes. basically, I feel that just people know the story of Psycho so well that any action they put in their role is just still would not have been okay because it's yeah. like, why? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why mm. did y'all remake this shot for shot? It's like, 
you can go to the local video store, rent Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock, save it ten fifty, and just go ahead and see the same damn movie because it was just ridiculous. And I think you yeah. mentioned what the real flaw with that remake was. They did it shot for shot. Like nowadays, when we do remakes, we're accustomed to. I mean, we get them often, but you always expect something to be different about it. Yeah, they should have put their own stank on it. Kind of like how on Bates Motel... Exactly. They, like, revamped... Yeah, they revamped Marion Crane a little bit uh, with Rihanna. Right, exactly. Mm. There was nothing new to that remake. I don't even know... Whose idea was that? Like, it was just so Yeah. It was his idea, I think. It was his idea with two horribly miscast leads. Like, no offense to Vince Vaughn, but you are no Tony Perkins. He wasn't right for that either. Excuse me, Julianne Moore was just there. Well, Julianne Moore was, like, the good part of the movie. Well, that's before she really got her, like, status. Yeah. She was just taking these movies. She was was trying to pay the rent. Like, I'm not even mad at Julianne Moore. Yeah. So, focusing back on Janet, what do we think of Janet as uh, our heroine at least you know well you know we thought she was going to be our heroine i love janet lee it's like even as a kid watching this movie for the first time um even knowing the infamous shower scene was going to happen but it's like you can see that it's like taken out of context like oh okay this might happen at the end of the movie but then seeing her get it so soon and you get so consumed by her um, she got it you know, her, because you got so consumed by her story, you know what I'm saying? She did this to save her man's, like, to try to get her and her man's, you know, thing off and going and stuff like that, start a new life and everything, and I just like how she commanded that role, you know what I'm saying? It just, mm-hmm. like, all from the, when she was laying in that bed with Sam, all the way up until she was in that shower, she demanded your attention without being mm-hmm. boisterous, you know what I'm saying, without being, like, this diva. It was just, like, she was like that good Judy that you know you hang out with at the club or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, I love her. I, I, that I, was Marion Crane. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So wait, so you're saying that all of this is Sam's fault. Is that how I, did I understand that right? No, it's not Sam's fault. It's just a concept of that she sat there and was like, they just had this conversation about how she's tired about having a meeting secret and he got to pay off his divorce and all that. It was just like, she was like, look. She was the original ride or die chick. Like, I'm going to sit here and put my heart right. like, She was a ride or die, yes. To make us happen. For real, for real. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to lick the envelope. I'm not going to do that. But she was so sweet. And then mm. she died. It was his fault. <laughs> Thank you, Cynthia. <laughs> I mean, she was a really good, flawed character. You know, Same. she was believable. She was. she was real. And let's not skirt over the fact that Janet Lee was the original screen queen. She this was the yes. first actress to become really famous. Maybe well, maybe Faye Ray, like way back in the day. Shout but, out to Faye Ray. Shout out to Faye Ray. Uh or yeah. the estate of Faye Ray. Um, but yes. Janet Lee was the first one. And then she went on she went on ahead and gave birth to the one who would take her crown, Jamie Lee Curtis. So the Supreme. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that's a big deal. That's very true. And yeah. can we just say that opening scene was very sexy? Was it, though? I thought it was sexy. Yeah, I thought so. Sam was kind of hot. Yes. Seeing this shit in Blu-ray. Kind of. Big-ass Oh, screen. God. 
it was like <laughs> shout out to the Blu-ray. I'm just saying it was like it was like they this was shot in like 19 like like 2000 something. It was so crisp because I first yeah. saw Psycho on two VHS tapes late night Beta Max. Yeah, so but. This is my first time seeing it in Blu-ray, and I'm like, oh, this shit looks so crisp. But yeah, that scene, everything just looked just right. You know what I'm saying? His body glistening after that, that after sex sweat and everything. I don't know. Chaps after sex sweat. Mm-hmm. Well, it was hot in Phoenix. I need to watch the Blu-ray. <laughs> I thought they were very attractive together. Like, it just, mm-hmm. that opening scene, it just oozed sex, which I was really impressed by because it's 1960. What do, think, what do you think that room smelled like? I think we all know, and we're all thinking it in our heads. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about Anthony Perkins. Because that's the proper segue, I guess. So, Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates. Slash mother. What do we think of Anthony Perkins? The original closeted A-list actor. Mm. Um, this movie has a lot of originals. Mm. Um, You're yeah, killing was... me. I think that might have been Rock <laughs> Hudson, to be quite honest. But what? I said I think that might have been Rock Hudson, to be quite honest. Rock Hudson right. Came later, right? Rock Hudson was in the fifties. This was nineteen sixty. Yeah, he was fifties into sixties. All right, the original tortured gay actor. Yes. Give me something. All right. <laughs> points to Donovan. <laughs> Whatever. I don't want your pity points. But um, <laughs> no, he's great. And actually, you know what really sort of gets me about Anthony Perkins is he turned in a really amazing performance here, but nothing he ever did after this really gained him the same esteem. Um and I feel like he was a really talented actor that could have gone a long way. Do we know why his career stalled? Was it the closeted thing? It might have been. That's a Probably. good question. Or also the typecasting. I, yeah, think, I think back in the day, typecasting was like huge because yeah. of you know movies and the lack the, or the the lack of the amount of movies, unlike now, and the lack of the amount of like television channels and shows unlike now performers used to get typecast fast and if you didn't like shake that off you were always gonna be that one character that yeah. sucks he, he he was great he he did a amazing job in this film yeah yeah i do as well i forgot to mention when we were doing shout outs shout out to pat hitchcock uh, alfred hitchcock's yeah. daughter who is in the movie she was also was she? she also showed up um on Alfred Hitchcock Presents a bunch of times. She was the um I don't know what what would you call her? The the coworker of yeah. uh oh, Marion? Uh, yeah. That Marion's coworker. Oh. She had <laughs> probably my favorite line in the whole movie behind a boy's best friend is his mother. Remember when the uh, rich guy came into the bank, he's hitting on Janet Lee, mm-hmm. uh, then he walks away, and then this one comes up to Janet and says, oh, he must have noticed my wedding ring. Yes. Like, oh, he wasn't right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Really, bitch? <laughs> he, was, he was not looking for you, girl. Don't even do it. Oh. <laughs> Y'all are 
meme. I was like, oh no, shade, girl, no. I'm gonna ran up a film. <laughs> Marion Crane wasn't about that life. <laughs> she probably was, but she had that migraine. She just didn't want to. Get <laughs> she did the have the migraine. Do, do we really think she had a migraine? <laughs> she probably did, though. But she came in saying she had a migraine. But you know, she just got that back blown out. So she was probably like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm in chill mode. I ain't just here to try to get you. <laughs> My gosh, I just can't with any of you, Cynthia. You're the only well-behaved one here. Thank you. I try my best. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's talk about Vera Mills and John Gavin, Lila Crane and Sam Loomis. I got. I loved me some Vera Mills in this movie because all she the, wanted. Uh, huh? Vera Miles. Vera Miles. Vera Miles. That's how you call it. Really? I've always called her Vera Mills. M I L E S. Okay, well, it might be Vera Miles. <laughs> Shout out to Vera Miles. Um, I love her, though, regardless of how you pronounce her last name. <laughs> yeah, she, I, she was, like, determined. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. her sister was missing. Like, right, because she was all about it. She said, no, bitch, my sister's missing. There's some shit going on. I need to know what's up. Exactly. She was all up and through that house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't go away for one weekend without y'all doing some crazy shit. Where right. Goes my damn sister? Right. I ain't heard from my sister in, a, in three days. No, this is shenanigans. What the fuck? Right. Yeah, she was so good. And uh, what do we think of Sam besides the glistening sweat on his chest? So hot. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty hot. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I guess he's just not. It was okay. Sweat, but whatever. Okay, so we discussed the cast. Now let's get into the score. Bernard Herrmann wrote the score for Psycho. And he actually wrote the score for several of Hitchcock's movies. But this one is the one that became iconic. Let's talk about the music of Psycho. What did you all think of the music? You're oh, understanding. It was iconic. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, right. It was, yeah. You like, there's nothing bad to say about it. Mm-mm. It was just perfect. Every all that in a, kettle, in a kettle of fish. In a kettle of fish? Absolutely. That means it was dope. That's better than a bag of chips for me. So. Absolutely. It's okay. much better. But much heartier. <laughs> it's true. It's going to fill you up more. I mean the the music was amazing but you can't a lot of movies have really amazing music it's how you use it and that really goes to the genius of Alfred Hitchcock he knew exactly when to put that music in there and I think he actually had a lot of he had a heavy hand in influencing what it sounded like um so I mean that shower scene where, spoiler alert, where uh, <laughs> Mary really? gets that knife <laughs> and then they pull that curtain back and it's just like, wait, 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 wait. it's like, I mean, we look at it now as like, okay, that's just the way it goes. But like at the time, that was the first time anyone did that. That was the first time anyone used music like that in that way. So that really just goes to the genius of Alfred Hitchcock and knowing what that needed to sound like, what that whole scene needed to be. Uh, and yeah, without the music, it would, I mean, she would have just been getting stabbed in the shower, which is terrifying, but 
you put that soundtrack over it and it's like a whole another thing. Yeah, it, that's, that's whole, it, it just amplified the horror of that scene to such a degree. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Let's talk about the location. Let's talk about the motel and uh, the Bates Manor house. I call that, that was no manor. That was a house. Mm. Fine. The Bates house, according to <laughs> Donovan. What did y'all think of the house and the motel? Because the location is definitely, has become iconic as well. I mean, they do, um, they have, I believe in Universal Studios Hollywood, they have a sort of, yep. at least like an outdoor replica. I don't know if you can walk inside of it, but uh, they, during their like little uh, studio tram tour, you actually uh, drive by the motel and uh, the Bates house. And on occasion, there's somebody dressed up as uh, Norman Bates as mother um, chasing the tram car, which is ex- exciting, I guess. So what do we think of the motel and the house? It's very creepy. Yeah. It's a big yeah. gothic thing going yeah. But would y'all really want to be that close to, uh, to your hotel with all them? Because um, the hotel itself, like, it draws, like, the most deplorable of people, you know? And so it's just like... Really? They do. If you watch all the sequels, everybody who comes to the hotel is no, <laughs> no good. It's like you wait for them to get get, you know? So it's just like... and not, Everybody except Marion. Everybody's like Marion. She just needed a place to stay that night. But well, she, she did was, steal like forty thousand dollars, which was like a big damn I mean, deal back in I the day. Never over my house unattended. Let's just say that. <laughs> right. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave her alone with my purse. But right. I mean, you know, <laughs> because she did this so swiftly. Like she didn't even sit there and have like a, a second thought. She's like, oh, okay, I'll take this to the bank. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> at the damn stoplight, she was like, okay, I'm taking this money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so but no, the hotel's awesome. I mean, it just looks very creepy and like, but it looked kind of decent for the area that was it. I mean, I don't know. I just don't look. I don't be laying in my hotel room looking up into that creepy ass house. I'm like, can I get a room without a view? <laughs> <for this? laughs> and the final thing that we will discuss before we actually get into the plot a bit deeper we have to talk about alfred hitchcock the director are we all fans of hitchcock's work have we all seen some of his other films or alfred hitchcock presents the tv series what's everyone's sort of exposure to hitchcock uh, the first hitchcock movie i saw was the birds oh um, that was my second it, yeah i saw psycho I saw, first i'm sorry go ahead no, I was just saying uh, that's when that one I saw second. I saw Psycho first, so we're the inverse. Um, okay, oh, I, then, thought, um, I thought Rear Window first. Oh, that was my third. That was my third. He saw them as they came out. That's what happened. <laughs> right there in the movie theater. <laughs> now, what we will not do. <laughs> Cynthia and Donovan. I, I was a uh, um, TCM, Turner Classic Movies, uh, addict. Oh, thank you kid. for spelling it out. I mean, some people might not know, just like some people might not know Marion gets killed, you know? Um, so, but yeah, so like my exposure was the same as all you guys. I saw all the good ones, all the, you know, and 
the thing about Turner Classic Movies is they'll explain the film before and after they show it to you. So they were giving you context. Like, you know, it wasn't just a movie. It was like, this is Alfred Hitchcock's blah, 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 blah. And at the time, Janet Lee was yada, 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 and blah, blah, blah. So it's like you're getting a bit of history in uh, old Hollywood lore along with the film. So I feel like I watched most of his stuff in context, even though this is like 40, 50 years after the fact, you know, because they were giving you like what was happening at the time that this movie came out and how important it was. But The Birds, I would say, is probably my all-time favorite um, Hitchcock movie. But then to sidetrack a little bit, to hear about his treatment of Tippi Hendren during that film Mm -hmm. and after it sort of puts me off of him as a person. He was still a great artist, but it's hard for me to, like, you know, really go hard for him after that, you know? Yeah, no, that's understandable. I love the birds as well. Uh, the birds coming soon to the horror hotel, probably next season. Um, shout out to Suzanne Plachette. She was in the birds. She was in the birds. And, and, and little Veronica Cartwright. Oh yes, yes, yes. Cynthia, what about you? Oh, and um, I was a huge fan also of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. I love the TV series. It's fantastic. I own some of those on DVD. I do too. High five. What about you, Cynthia? Not really. Let's. You only I'm going know Psycho. To blow your minds now. I saw Psycho once when I was like ten, and I was like, "What is this crap?" And then, <gasps> I'm sorry, guys. And then people are like, "You need to see this," and they'd like talk about how brilliant he is, and I could only remember like ten year old me saying like, "What the hell is this?" So I didn't rewatch really it till when you sent me the files. And then I was like, oh, wait, I was just a young, stupid person. Now maybe I should go watch all his movies. Don't judge me, guys. Should have watched all the classic movies, girl. Should have watched all the classic movies. Yeah, see, there's been some some excellent, excellent films. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I just kind of get it. Like, you're a 10-year-old growing up. Did you grow up in Nigeria, Cynthia? Yep. So the context of this film is completely irrelevant to your life at that point. It's like, you can't relate to these people. You can't relate to this. Like, you know, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I really do. Thank you. Aww. Everyone else is dumbfounded. I can get it too. Oh, no, no, I understand. I mean, you have to, you have to look at it with, with, with more, with eyes that would have more of an appreciation for the artistry. There's nothing, there's nothing to apologize for in that. Yes, although I think I saw Psycho when I was like 11 or 12 and I loved it, but no judgment. Thanks. Nigerian <laughs> movies are just more scary, like growing <laughs> up, and that was supposed to be a scary movie, and I was just like, I wasn't scared, so it didn't impress me. She was like yeah. a white man in a wig? What, what is she going to do? What's what scary do? about that? <laughs> scared. <laughs> a, crazy, a crazy-ass white man in a wig with a knife. Well, there is that. <laughs> That's too funny. So let's get into the actual plot of the movie. So Marion is in a relationship with Sam and, uh, you know, they, they can't get married because of Sam's debts and all this kind of stuff. And so Marion 
gets sort of like the chance of her life to sort of start her life anew with Sam when she basically steals money from work. And uh, we see her drive off, and she it, it feels like she's almost going to get caught because a policeman stops her, and then, uh, you know, the policeman follows her and all this kind of stuff, but uh, she ends up uh, purchasing a new car and is on her merry way because she's driving to see Sam. But it's late at night, so she stops by the Bates Motel, and that's where she checks in, and uh, much like the Horror Hotel, she never checks out. Ooh, okay. So, um, let's talk about the first 50 minutes of the movie, where we get to experience <laughs> Marion Crane. It's a big old chunk. Um, the part in this sequence, other than the, he didn't notice my wedding ring, or he must have noticed my wedding ring part, uh, that really stuck out is, as Marion is driving, you're getting her inner monologue. Yes! Um, and that in my opinion, is where most of the tension comes from. Because uh, had she just been driving and a cop showed up and blah, 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 you would have been like, all right, whatever. But the fact that Alfred Hitchcock gave you that keyhole into her inner mind lets you know how paranoid she was. It came off as so real because even as a kid, when I'm sitting here watching this for the first time, after you've done something bad, like you stole a cookie from the cookie jar or whatever, huh? all you can do, all you can do is think about how am I going to get caught? You know, that's all that's going through your head after you, you or maybe you broke your mother's favorite base or like whatever. Uh, and you try to cover it up. All you can do is wonder, when am I going to get caught? How am I going to get caught? Not really realizing that no one else is thinking about that because no one else knows but you. But he captured mm. that feeling so well and it just built tension just it built it and built it and built it mm -hmm. um i just thought it was masterful i thought it was great yeah i completely agree with you i think janet lee did some really great work acting like with her face like because that's really all mm -hmm. that we got there were these really extreme like close-ups like her face was in the entire frame like it was really well shot well acted and uh, well done but i do have a follow-up question for you donovan so when you would steal cookies from the cookie jar were you scared that a white man in a wig would come and stab you uh i've never been scared of a white man in a wig and i won't start getting scared of him now okay there um, you go i was gonna go back to when she was leaving town cause I, I forgot where the mm. was it phoenix arizona where phoenix was yes arizona. Yeah. okay because i was saying to myself now you're driving through the city of phoenix now i've never been to phoenix before so y'all can correct me if y'all been there but i was like out of all the stops all the streets you, your balls at the man you just stole this money from just so happened to walk in front of the car. I yeah. know, right? All you needed was Sheriff Joe Arpaio to show up. I was like, <laughs> wow. And then she, then she waved. And I'm like, what you yeah. want? <laughs> and to go back to what Donovan just said, it uh. seemed like that's what like all that came into play then because it was like, he saw me. I just sat here and made a big ass fuss about me going home and putting my ass to sleep because uh -huh. I had this migraine. But the thing now, is, like, who's to say that she didn't stop at, like, the drugstore? She didn't stop by the doctor. 
Yeah, but she had all it her. It was a while clothes. after, though. Yeah. She okay. Well, she did. Yeah, she did bathe. I yeah, or she had changed clothes or something. She was happy. She had forty thousand dollars in her pocket. She was fine. She that, that migraine went away real quick. But um, <laughs> she she, she but, just took a couple Tylenols. Yeah, she took some. She took some forty thousand dollars Tylenols, and she was good to go. <laughs> Because I was like, wait a minute, you sat there and waved at him? I was like, that's when I would have started panicking and shit. Because back to what we were talking about her, we'll describe her as a character. I was like, she sat there and without a blink in an eye, that man sat that money on the desk. She was like, mm, yeah, my sister might be in Arizona. Um, Tux, wherever she was, she might be Tucson. there. Like, she, I, Tucson. But Shout she, out I to Tucson. She gets back. She would not, I would not be there when she gets back. She sat there and without blinking an eye, I already made a decision. Like, I'm over this, and I'm finna take this. I think she suggested, she was like, we should we should put this in the deposit box. No, no, the boss said this. She said, okay, cool. Because she already knew what time it was. And she was like, mm-hmm. if you wasn't going to suggest that I was, <laughs> I'm saying, like, this is a lot of money. And so then she sat there, because she's already in her mind thinking, like, okay, I'm already made my decision. I'm not finna second guess this. I'm on the road. Then she saw her boss. All oh, they were like, yeah, well, she didn't go home. You need to call her. You need to call. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep, because when she saw her boss, that's when everything went out the window. All that angst and second-guessing the stuff started, and she started getting paranoid. And every step that she went after that was where everything started to fall apart. Sorry. Sometimes I wonder, what would this film be like had she not stopped at the base motel? If she just kept going? I honestly do think it could have ended up being a really good movie if you just followed Marianne past the base motel to wherever she was going. It wouldn't have been Um, called Psycho. Or maybe she'd have been the Psycho. Marianne and Pat Hitchcock's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) She could have taken Pat with her. The earlier Thelma and Louise. Yes. Oh, Lord. She's Thelma and Louise. Aw. But, yeah, so... Let's get into the shower scene. Ooh. Yes. Who wants to go first? Spoiler alert. Donovan, <laughs> that's you. Go ahead. No, I mean, all right. So we talked a little, uh, a little bit earlier about what a big deal this was to kill off your main character. Because Marion Crane... She had a whole backstory. She had a whole life. She wasn't just some teen babysitting kids or whatever. She, you know, you were introduced to her man. You were introduced to her job. You were introduced to her inner monologue, her thoughts, her emotions. You were fully Mm -hmm. invested in her. And then she goes, takes a shower. Uh, Well, back up. She meets Norman Bates, Mm -hmm. which... I guess at first, because, like, I'm watching it this time, trying to put myself in her shoes. He's a little creepy. He seems harmless for the most part. But, you know, she's a single white woman walking into the situation. So you can see her double guessing or, you know, he, like, invites her over for a sandwich or whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. She sees the birds hanging up there. She's like, oh, mm, interesting. But then they have a conversation. You know, he talks about his mother. It's a little weird, but I think maybe she felt sorry for him more than anything else. (laughs) Um, Goes back to her room. And I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of that first audience watching the movie. I don't know if I would have saw that coming. I really Mm. don't. Um, Especially for it to be the mother Mm -hmm. And not, like, just, like, they didn't, well, 
watching it now, audiences are a little more savvy. So watching it now, you can sort of see it's a man in a wig. But back then, with the shadows and whatnot, I don't know. I mean, there just had to be so many questions and whatnot. Um, but the scene itself was executed really, really well. I mean, she gets undressed, which in 1960, I mean, this isn't a stag movie. She's a big star. You were seeing a lot of skin, like, oh, my God. I'm sure a lot of people were very titillated. Next thing you know, she's screaming for her life. So your, you know, boner turns into, like, something else. Um, if you're a good person. Well, oh, Cynthia. That's what I say. That's what I was going to say. Something. But, yeah, I mean, it was just very well done. We talked about the music. Um... I don't know if the the shock value holds up just because the character is so established and she's being yes. killed off. Yeah. But the literal sort of popping in to stab her to death, I don't know if that particular sequence would scare today's audiences. Like, they would be shocked that it was happening, but they would kind of be like, girl, fight back. Like, it, mm. you know, it, it didn't seem like an impossible situation for her. But then again, she was very vulnerable. She was butt naked, wet in the shower, you know. So. Yeah, I don't, some. I mean, it's, if, if I had to like snatch some of these young youngsters up when it comes to certain classic horror movies and stuff, because they sometimes laugh at them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think I watched Psycho with a friend of mine, and he laughed when that scene happened because he's crazy. Why? Um, because he's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, because, okay. <laughs> um, and he, he giggles and stuff like that. And he kind of said the same thing, Donovan, like, just like, all she had to do was push that old week. I'm like, but she's in the shower. You're thinking you're alone. Yeah. So you in the shower, you into the shower, you know, you is like, you you're into the, the shower. I you're like that. Me. You know she was like, this is the best shower ever. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people forget we are at our most vulnerable in the shower. Yeah. That's why it was also shocking. And that's why a lot of people at the time, there was like a huge fear of the shower after this for some people. Yeah. And so it's just, that is, some people might get it, some don't, but it's like when you hear that, that shower curtain go back, shrilly, it's just like, that's a shock. So that's one shock. Then somebody starts stabbing you. That's another shock. It's just like you slip in the water and your blood is like, no, that's scary. What the hell is she supposed to do? Like pick up the, the shampoo bottle and start whacking? <laughs> like <laughs> literally, like what can you, like there are no weapons Nothing. in yeah. the tub or in the shower. I mean, she could have jumped out the shower and tackled them to the ground. Yeah, How? She'd have felt it clock the side of her head. <laughs> I, I mean, he's coming closer. down with me, though. Yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. the most important part. And about this shower scene, Scream Queens tried to recreate this whole shock with Jamie Lee Curtis, and then when she's pulled the shower back, she starts whacking him. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Jamie, you, you know better. You should have told Ryan Murphy. Leave like, Jamie Lee alone. No, no, I love Jamie Lee, but it's just like, you know, come on. I, I liked it for what, they, what was going on, but I was like, it kind of cheapened your mom's legacy a little bit. That's all I'm mm. saying. Just a little. No, that's a heavy, that's a heavy. Yeah. It didn't make it that cheaper. No, no, I think it just, to me, like, you're her daughter and you're recreating this scene. And it's like, I guess it was, it was an a parody. Homage. It was all homage parody slash thing. But I, I was liking it up until the point where she actually, like, 
it turned into like a police academy type situation where she was like trying to fight the um, dude back and everything. I don't know, but I like the shower scene for what it was. Um, when I saw it as a kid, I was still shocked. I mean, like Donovan said, you could tell the guy the wig that was back then. Right. Men being in wigs and stuff like that was kind of taboo. So you had that whole double entendre of like, you know, and plus they also planted the key into the, they planted the seed where he went up to the house and said he's going to invite Mary into the house. And you hear mother talking, she's not coming up here in my house. She's, I'm like, she's a hussy. She's a hussy. I'm like, first and foremost, y'all screaming pretty damn loud for everybody down just in the hotel to hear y'all. <laughs> you. Oh my gosh. And then, too, it was just like, you know, so I guess the audience back then was like, oh, it must have been the mother. But I'm yeah. like, wow. They didn't have Medea back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. To me, the scariest thing about this scene now, looking back at it, is the rest of the film after it. Because, I mean, I mean, we've talked about it killing off that main character. But you really can't talk about it enough because this is the first time that was ever done and you're left sort of like, okay, she's gone. Now what? It's the feeling of where do we go from here? And it's also the feeling of now that that's happened, anything can happen. Anyone can die. Um, So that leaves you with the eerie sort of on pins and needles feeling for the whole rest of the movie. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And that's when the movie turned into a horror movie. At first, it was just this psych. It was it wasn't a psychological thriller. It was just this probably like one say like a heist drama, a, a film noir type thing. But once that shower curtain was was yanked back and that noise that on that soundtrack went to a crescendo, it was like straight up horror movie. After everything from that right. point on, it was a horror movie. Right, and this is only one of what I think two murders in the whole movie. Yes, it is yeah. this is not a gory movie, and you don't. He does not really rack up a body count, even though they at the end allude to a bunch of young women going missing. Mm-hmm. So you get the sense that he's done this a bunch, but in this film, you only see two people get killed. Spoiler alert. Um, so yeah. <laughs> After spoiling it, you're like, oh, by the way, stop listening okay. right now. <laughs> it's too much for my life so the (laughs) second half of the movie is where we kind of tread into normal alfred hitchcock territory where it becomes much more of like a murder mystery and of course norman bates gets caught but there's that whole thing of uh they still were playing with the whole mother situation because at one point we saw Norman move mother and we hear the different voices so we still really don't understand at least someone who is you know seeing it for the first time we don't really understand what's going on and then we get that reveal uh, when uh, Lila Crane goes into the house to like basically confront the mother to see if she knows anything and we we see like the dried up no eyeballs in the eye socket you know uh beef jerky skin (laughs) skeleton with the wig on and that's the mother and then in comes uh, norman bates with his um 
Donacare and Finest wielding <laughs> a knife. Dragged on in it. <laughs> no, that wouldn't have been Donna Karen. Um, it, it, maybe Halston was that in the 1960s? I don't know 1960 fashion. Woolsworth. Woolsworth. Oh wow! <laughs> it was from the Sears catalog. Sears and Roebuck. Yeah. I'm gonna make a confession because, like I said, my first Psycho movie was Psycho Three. Really? So oh, you did not yeah. see the original. No, I saw this because you know. This is when like stuff like the Wizard of Psycho, the Wizard of Oz stuff that came out like once a year on cable. It went like all over the place. Thing. Yeah, I remember I'm when the Wizard of Oz like, came on. Yeah, like once the a late eighties, early nineties, and yeah. so the Psycho witch always scared me. Or all this stuff was on all the damn time. So I saw Psycho three first. So when I saw Norman Bates in the Mother Get Up and stuff like that, I thought that he was just recreating her murders. Because mm. they didn't give a real good you no know, for somebody my age. I didn't know what the, I had seen the first one. So I saw the first one. I honestly, because I think I saw the first one like when I was like ten. That was like ninety-three. Oh, you and like Cynthia. That, so, and I was like, okay. And so when the mother turned around, you saw the skeleton. And he comes and I'm like, oh. And so, but you know, oh, age of internet now, you can't you can't be that gullible if you're a horror fan. You can't be that gullible. So, but that was when. So they got me. What I'm trying to say is they got me when he ran to the room with the knife raised up and then Sam came behind him and took him down. I'm like, Oh, well, that's interesting. Cause I feel like audiences nowadays had psycho came out like last year. I feel like they would have figured it out. Oh but yeah. The question yeah. is, would they have figured it out because psycho set the mold or mm-hmm. would they have figured it out just because audiences are so much more savvy? That's true. Wasn't it very the chicken or the egg? Yeah, that's that's true. But wasn't it very easy how Sam took him down? Too easy. Like he just grabbed him by the arm and he was like, "Ah, I'm going down." But Sam looks like such a strong man. Okay, well there you go. I'll give points to Sam. Here we go with Sam. He was not all that. Oh. I mean, it was it was it was too easy. But then again, it probably goes into because I'm. I was still trying to figure out because I'm not that big of a um the psycho series because see the way. Hitchcock ended it. It was just like, you know, it was an ending, but it was kind of ambiguous at the same time. Mm-hmm. But like the, the sequel tried to explain, like, maybe he had multiple personalities, and maybe he, you know, adopted the personality of his brother or something like that. But, and taking that and bringing it back to that moment, maybe he was embodying his mom, and like, you know, she was like, oh, oh, God, oh, I, this big strong man got my arms, and I can't do nothing, or something like that. Or maybe oh, he would just... Gosh. Maybe Sam was just... Oh, okay, so maybe Mother was too weak, is what you're saying. Do you think Mother was the weak one, or was he the weak one? Either or. Okay, yeah. Yeah, physically. Both of them are weak, but it's just the concept of... Because the the detective, he really had to put too much uh, strength to kill him. He fell down the damn flight of stairs, and he just... Yeah. No, but Norman put his ass out like a light when he hit him with that vase. Y'all talking about Sam this, Sam that. Sam <laughs> folds it like a damn beach chair when he like oh. smashed that thing over his head. Someone's a oh, hater of Sam. Stay, he ain't stay down that long because he showed up to save the day. No, yeah. he was out for a while because Norman got all the way to the house, changed it to his mother's gear, shook that wig out the bag. Shook the wig out the bag. Sam showed up when they counted. <laughs> He, 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 he came through when it counted. 
He um, said he shook the wig. Before any blood and any other blood needed to be shed. From the Sherry Shepherd wig collection. All right, so I, I did have a question. He didn't have enough time to get that wig glue on. <laughs> no, he did not have the time for the wig glue. <laughs> he didn't have time. He went down and the wig went down. <laughs> I did have a question, though, because we were talking earlier about Mother's voice and how Marion could hear both of them yelling at each other from the hotel. Um, but then after she was gone, there was the point where you talked about um, Norman moving mother, but you heard her voice again. So then the question in my head is, was he talking out loud that entire time? Because we heard Marion's thoughts. Uh, so was Norman always talking out loud in mother's voice or was sometimes, was he like thinking her voice and acting out or was he always speaking in mother's voice? I think he was always speaking in mother's voice. They yeah. sort of played around yeah. with that a little bit on Bates Motel, the show. And so I think he would have conversations with himself al- aloud. Mm-hmm. It sounds, I mean, he is psycho, so it makes sense. That he's, like, right around talking to himself. Oh, that's what the title of the movie means. Mm-hmm. Okay, so any final thoughts on Psycho. Okay, well... Alright, no, go ahead, Cynthia, go ahead. Thanks. What was the point of that policeman who followed her up oh until she got God. a new car? Girl, and then right it was to make us feel nervous for her. Oh, okay. It's not even legal, though. I mean, he said that came off the It was the 1960s. Oh, my God. I've been he like, I'm trying to complain. I'm confined to complain. I need your badge number, sir. Because, I need your badge number. Because you're doing the mm-hmm. most. Because he, pro- oh, how can I put this? He was asking, is there anything wrong? And I'm going to trail you. But did you not understand that you'd have woke this woman up, she was on the side of the road, and then so she's jarred. So right. you already oh in like. Oh my God, she's jarred. I mean, you know, she, she, she's like, you know. You shaking. Know, kind of, she's shaking, thank you. She's, she's shook. She's shook. Shooked. Shooked. You know, and so uh, she's like shaking. And no, she's looking at the cop. And then he's like, well, I'm just going to trail you to town to see if you really are okay. And then he went. she went to the car lot and bought a car. He's sitting there talking to the um, the dealer like, yeah, I need to see the, that paper. Where's your damn warrant? Is, is she, you know, like, like, what are you doing? Like, you were doing the utmost for your dollar ninety five. I don't know how much been away was back then, though. But dollar ninety five. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know how much minimum wage was back then, but he was doing the utmost. And I was like, you need to chill out, sir, because but she held her own behind the wheel. Did we notice that there was a bit of a trend with this movie and also another movie we watched this week, like? These white women got behind the wheel of that car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, if you don't get out of my face, like, I know my right, you know. Yeah. 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 Like, taking no prisoners. Not yes. afraid. That's too Not funny. Not at all. Y'all like, are I killing me. One last <laughs> thought on the film. I can really only give this movie one real bad strike. Spoiler alert. Uh, I can really only give this movie one bad strike. And for me, it was at the very end. That ending monologue by the psychologist, I just felt was completely unnecessary. 
we did not need this man to explain to us what was going on with Norman. We could, and this sort of like makes me think of like how much faith did Hitchcock have in his audience? Cause he gave them a lot of subversive and a lot of, he wasn't just showing you this is what's going on. He was taking you for a ride. He was making you figure some things out for yourself. And then we get to this end scene, which feels like it's almost from another movie where this man is just standing there for damn near 10 minutes explaining the whole plot. It was plot not 10 minutes. Yeah, it, but it, then it, if it we think like... about it, at that time, they didn't yeah. really understand what it meant right. to be Psychological. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. Or even multiple... multiple personality type of things. Yeah. Because I don't know, yeah. would we consider him to be transgender? I don't, no. think I don't was, know. No. Yeah, because like was, Cynthia just threw yeah, out transgender, no, and I was. Like, what's what's someone was like? Oh, is he a transvestite? And then he's like explaining how he's not. Well, transvestite and transgender are different. Yeah, this is true. Well, I I, I just feel the scene was unnecessary. It was just we got no exposition this whole movie until that, and it felt so out of place. I, I I get that. I guess for me yeah, it, it was worked. it definitely worked for me. I thought it was absolutely necessary. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I think I think it was it was it was good to break it all the way down for the audience. I don't think the audience was dumbed down at all. I mean, it's easy to look at that now, knowing what we know and how prolific the information is out there. But I think for that time, I think it was absolutely necessary. Yeah, and worked yeah, per- think- and worked and worked perfectly for that movie at that time. Yeah, for yeah, the 1960s. I, I, yeah, because it's like when they, it's like he gave you these thrills, and he just sat you down. It's like the man right. next door who you think you might know, you really don't right. know. Right. You know what I'm saying? And to me, that was the chilling feeling because, like we all said, Norman Bates was just like happy-go-lucky, like you know, kid next door, guy next door, and stuff like that. Very kind, gentle. They may be the ones who more who are most likely to snap. You know what I'm saying? And so, plus, this is based on um, Psycho, we all know, was based on the book, but which is also kind of based on the, what well, not the book, really, but the Gainesville murder? No, Plainsfield, excuse me, Plainsfield, uh, with Ed Gain, Ed Gain, I, can, I mm-hmm. cannot pronounce his name. Yeah. And he was just like this normal person, you know, that people thought in the neighborhood or the area where they was at, and kind of find out he had all these women, like, you know, chopped up and was wearing had a, a skin suit and all this stuff, and you know you just don't know who you fucking with. Excuse me, I'm sorry, but just you don't know who you're messing with. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of understand it from the standpoint of it's giving you a final scare, like you just sat through all of this, and hey, guess what? Your next door neighbor might be this crazy. But I didn't really get that. I mean, I could understand if that's where it was coming from, but it just felt like cheap exposition to me. And there have been other stories. Even before this, yeah, this was, like, way back in, like, the early 60s. But you could go all the way back to Hamlet. Like, he's hearing his dead father's voice, and it's never really explained to you, is he crazy or is he really seeing his dead father? They don't, he doesn't tell you. He doesn't explain it to you. No one comes out at the end is like, see, Hamlet was really going through some shit. His father had blah, blah, blah. It didn't. You know, it wasn't necessary. The audience was just sort of left to sort of say, well, what happened here? And it sort of sparked dialogue. I just felt like it was a little too neat. And it's valid. I I mean, your point, Donovan, is very valid because that's how I am with a lot of movies today because you have a lot of people who go into a movie 
wanting everything explained to them, but that's what scares, that's, that's what, to me, fear and horror is, is when you are dealing with something that you do not know. Right. You don't know why, where, what, you know, this thing is, if you just know it's, it keeps coming for you. You know, there's no elixir at the end of the day to fix everything. It's just like, you're the survivor's ordeal. You might be a little screwed up afterwards, and then you're going to move on with your life if you can. But I think for this particular movie, because that that era that, you know, the world was going in, especially America, where, you know, the fear is, like, the fear is your next-door neighbor. You know, you got your boogeyman, you got your, um, your space aliens, you got all this, but it's like the fear, it could be somebody next door who you think you can trust and you might think you know and everything because a lot of this stuff that the doctor was talking about folks weren't thinking about that you know it was like right. you know homosexuality at the time was considered like an illness you know and um they were still on the brink of trying to discover like multiple personalities and you know a lot of stuff that today we, we see as common you know what i'm saying like you know yeah it's common but back then they were just discovering it and so it kind of elevates that for that particular movie but yeah this had been like um well, I think we talked about Cloverfield before. When I said that Cloverfield, if somebody came at the end of the movie and started explaining what where this thing came from, it would have ruined the whole experience of that movie. But I think for Psycho at that point in time, especially in 1960, but this like the start of the all the revolutions, like the civil rights movement was going on. Um, you know, I know a lot of like civil rights type things was going on. The world was changing, and it was just saying like you know. That's why I think it fits for this. But I can't, I completely agree with you wholeheartedly about that whole concept of just you don't need to spoon feed the audience what the hell just happened. Because if they were smart, they would get it and just leave it at that. Well, that, well, that very last scene of him sitting in that holding cell and you hear his mother's voice going on, that was pitch perfect. I and the that. fly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why? I'm not even going to swat the fly. They'll say, look, she wouldn't harm a fly. So cool. That was creepy, Cynthia. Thank you. Cynthia <laughs> committed to that. She was alive. She was. I like it. She was giving you theater. She was. <laughs> Broadway caliber. Okay, so let's check in to see if the film has uh, received any awards, and uh, it has. Before I go into the awards, I do want to discuss a little bit uh, the legacy of uh, the film. Uh, Psycho is considered one of Hitchcock's best films. It often is ranked among the greatest films of all time. It also set a new level of acceptability for violence, deviant behavior, and sexuality in American films. And it's also considered to be one of the very earliest examples of the slasher film genre. And after Hitchcock passed away in uh, 1980... Universal Studios began producing follow-ups. There were three sequels. There was a full-on shot-for-shot remake. There was a television film spin-off in, uh, as well as a yeah, a television film spin-off in the '80s. There was also a prequel TV series, Bates Motel. And in 1992, the U.S. Library of Congress deemed the film culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, and it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. As far as actual awards, 
there were several Academy Award nominations in 1961. Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Janet Leigh. Best Director, Alfred Hitchcock. Best Cinematography, Black and White, John L. Russell. And Best Art Direction, Set Decoration, Black and White. It uh, did win a Golden Globe in 1961 for Best Supporting Actress, Janet Leigh. And uh, back in 1961, Anthony Perkins won second place for the Bambi Awards, uh, Best Actor International. I don't know what that means, but um, congratulations to Anthony Perkins. Also, in 1961, it won an Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Motion Picture. And in 1961, for the Laurel Awards... uh, Janet Lee won second place in top female supporting performance and uh, it won third place for top drama for the Laurel the Golden Laurel Awards also in 1961 it was nominated for a Writers Guild of America award for best written American drama Recently, it's also won a lot of other awards, you know, things like the Saturn Awards and that kind of thing has also been nominated for Saturn Awards and that kind of stuff. And usually those are uh, related to uh, DVD releases and things of that nature. So we're going to hand out our own awards since we are in the ballroom. But uh, before we get into that, let's check in on the Rotten Tomatoes Fresh Meter Psycho is uh, guaranteed 97% fresh in the Rotten Tomatoes fresh meter, which is good. So now it's time to hand out our own awards since we are here in the ballroom. And we'll start off with the obvious one, the Scream Queen. Yeah. Janet Lee. Janet. Who was the diva? You know the woman in the store, um, in Sam's store, who was buying, like, Insect repellent. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. And she's like, oh, it says it will kill all insects, but it doesn't say if they'll suffer or not. And you see that right after she died? That just killed me. She gets it for me. I'm going to give this one to he must have noticed my wedding ring. Because, girl. (laughs) Really? I was going to nominate her for the ingenue. No, he oh, noticed okay. your face. That's what he noticed. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Pat Hitchcock, Donovan is coming for you. Looking mm. just like your daddy in a wig. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Boom, 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 boom. I'm weak. For me, I was going to give it to uh, Vera Miles because she came in like, where's my damn sister? I'm not going to stop until I find my sister and I'll, y'all, all y'all talking bullshit. Where's my sister? So that's what I liked about her. I'm not going to lie. For the, the longest, I thought it was Vera Mills. Yeah. I feel like I'm living in a Bernstein, Bernstein Bears type of alternate universe. You know, I've never seen that thing show. It's a show, right? Book? It's a book. Ser- and it was a show yeah. at one point. They changed it. I'm just saying. They what? what? You don't know. Y'all never haven't looked it up. Apparent. Well, apparently, I always thought it was the Bernstein Bears, but it's the Bernstein Bears. 
Well, you also thought you could uh, pronounce Miles as Mills. So. <laughs> That's what I just said. For the longest, I thought it was Mills. Oh, I'm living Lord. in the Bernstein Bears, oh, Bernstein wow. Bears universe or something. Someone needs a sneaker bu- bar. Oh, no, a sneaker bar? Sound. Yes, you I need one of those. <laughs> Who was the feminist icon? Janet. Janet. I can't yeah. that. I mean, getting stabbed to death in the shower, I'm not sure. She didn't mean to. No, she didn't was, mean that, to. That just happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> she well, was even a... before that, she stole a bunch of money. Uh, she was having a... Uh, a Are you judging her, hair. Donovan, for her life? You don't know her story. <laughs> you don't know her <laughs> life. <laughs> no, she was the reason why I give it to Janet because she sat there on the whim. She was in love. She sat there and said, I'm, I'm going to take control of my life. It might be a little duplicitous how I go about doing it, though, but I'm going to take control of my life. I would give it to her sister because she was like, I'm taking no bar. I'm taking no whole bars. I'm going to find my sister. I don't care what you say. I'm going to keep coming, you know, breaking and entering into people's homes. Like, you know, she did what she had to do. So, so they were both very criminal. <laughs> very. Also looked alike. They probably got there and probably just ruled the school when they was in high school or some shit like that. They look like they were got some shit in school. Oh, they were fast. You know they were. Yeah. Mm. And you know what? Wow. In Psycho 2, I would give it, I would give it to, uh, I would co-sign there with Don because in Psycho 2, um, Lila Crane was not having him. They let Norman Bates go. She's like, "Oh fuck no, this motherfucker's going I'm gonna sit here and run his ass crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> he's not getting away. So she, yeah, I I, I see what Don was saying. Cause yeah, I did see Psycho too, and she was not having it. Still, all them years later, that's too much. <laughs> Who was the biggest douche? Ooh. Norman, I guess. <laughs> that or was it his mom? mother? Oh. No, that stupid policeman who kept on following her. Him and the cowboy who he he said something to the manager when when Mary was driving. He said, "Oh, I knew she was she was trouble when I first saw her. Although you was all in her damn face, pretty much mm-hmm. trying to put the money down her blouse." Oh <laughs> my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> right? Yeah, so, I'll give I mean, yeah. The best use of nudity. Well, there was only one nude scene, right? I know, but let's give it to her. (laughs) Well, we saw Sam's naked chest. Very nicely naked chest. Donovan doesn't approve. Uh, What about the read of the night? The read of the night was when Marion rubbed her temples instead of clapping back at, uh, oh, he must have seen my wedding ring. (laughs) You could just tell she was like... Really? Okay. Um, that read that she kept in and didn't want to spit out at her because she knew what hurt her feelings. That's the read of the night. Well, she did mm-hmm. spit out at the end when she's like, oh, I don't need pills to be happy or something like that. Oh. Well, when damn. she was leaving and she's like, are you sure you don't mm. want the pills? And she's like, yeah, don't need them to be happy. Mm. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> What was the that's so retro moment? For me, it was the $40,000. Yes, because mm. they were clowning over $40,000. You would have <laughs> thought she ran out with a million. You would have thought she had a suitcase of like nothing but $100 bills and a million dollars. And they're like, no, we're going to find this bitch for $40,000. And it was like, 
<laughs> it was a lot for back in the day. Because even today, if you dangle 40000 in my face, I'd be like, oh, I mean, I never did like this job. So, so right. you would start off a brand new life with 40000 I don't know now. I would have ran right through the bank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 40000 Back then, to me, if you give me four thousand dollars right now, I'd be happy as fuck too. But it just back then, you know, that was a lot of money. And today, somebody probably like, oh, that's a tax write off, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and when you think about what she was willing to give up, like she was exactly. like gonna go to a new town, basically start a new life over four. Right, she's gonna up real off. Yeah, she's gonna turn her whole life around <laughs> on four thousand dollars. I'm like, girl. <laughs> Shit, not today. <laughs> That's not going to change my whole life now. <laughs> That's too funny. Now it's time to rank the film with our special Horror Hotel categories. We've got The Screamer for a film that's filled with scares. We got the gut buster for films that are grotesque. We've got the eye popper for films that are visually impressive. We've got the grave digger for films that lack scares. And we've got the mind blower, which is for overall best in show. So let's start off with uh, Mr. Snarky himself. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Who? Who is that? <laughs> Donovan. Oh, okay. Um. So I'll give this movie just off the top mind blower because Psycho has a legacy that it's hard to match, regardless of genre. Um. And actually, when you were listing off those awards, it's sort of like. Well, what won in its place? You know, I almost I'm curious to go back and see, like, what was the better movie that came out this year? Um, so definitely Mind Blower. I'll give it Eye Popper as well, because there was a lot done. And Alfred Hitchcock did this with all of his movies. Um, he uses practical effects, but he uses them in a very masterful way. Um, like, I mean, we were cracking on that scene where she, or he, he, she pulled back the, uh, shower curtain and you're like, that's a man in a wig, but the shadow of it, like, regardless of what gender that is, like that shadow, you couldn't see it. All you saw was the silhouette and the knife that was beautifully shot. And it really was scary. Um, so definitely eye popper as well. Mark. Um, I'm gonna give it a screamer, an eye popper, and the mind blower because um, it 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 was it's just amazing. I I can't say anything else other than what I said already. I mean, the shots after Witchcock shot this movie, certain scenes, everything's just so iconic, and you constantly want to go back and look at it again, and again, and whatnot. Screamers, I mean, seeing that the shower scene still bring screens to certain people. We create the shower scene the night. Somebody come to your house and they back to shower. All of a sudden, you're taking a shower, you'll scream then too. So it's iconic in that mind thing. And then the mind blower, because like Donovan just said, it has a legacy that can't be matched. I mean, some people might argue with that though, but it's still, even the, the way the story is told has been redone in several different types of movies, you know, um, and you have to give Psycho props for that, so for being a pioneer in it. Mark, did you just admit that you invite people over to your house and they scream in the shower? 
Mm. <laughs> I no. heard it. That's what no. he said. No, I said you. No, I said you could go to somebody's house tonight and pull this same trick, and they're going to scream. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. just, like you know. Oh, I'm gonna have you doing? for tonight. Yes, yeah, Cynthia's gonna do it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so you have some. You stay with a boo or something like that, and get in the shower. You come in, just yank the shower back like that. All of a sudden, they're gonna they're gonna know what the fuck's wrong with you first and foremost. <laughs> if they can see who it is at first, but they might scream first, then ask what the fuck's wrong with you. They find out who it is. So. That's funny. Legionnaire? Uh, This movie gets an eye-popper and mind-blower. It is a classic in the horror genre. Uh, It got so much right uh, in terms of uh, the thrills and the suspense and the shocks. I just... uh, This is a movie that I can... that I don't ever see myself getting tired of... uh, so yeah, that's what I got. Cynthia Boyede. Hello. Um, this movie gets a mind blower for me. It wasn't scary just because I've seen scarier movies. I guess that's what I get for watching it so late. But mind blower because it tackles subject matter that was probably very, very difficult to tackle then. They had some nudity in there, some blood. For that time, I'm sure that was like out of, I can't remember the words I'm trying to use now, but not something that was common. So, yeah, it does get mind-blower for me. It was interesting. I would watch it again, and I kind of want to do a a Hitchcock marathon now because of this movie. Hopefully, they're all good. That's all it's getting for me. Sorry. It's okay. She's apologizing. I'm going to give it an eye popper and a mind blower, basically for all the reasons that all of you gave when you all gave it an eye popper and a mind blower. I mean, eye popper, Hitchcock, his style, the cinematography, the sets, all visually impressive and stunning. And mind blower just because it's a, cla- it's a classic. It is, you know, an iconic Alfred Hitchcock movie. And the performances, the music, the locations, like everything, just make it a mind blower. Ramon could not be with us tonight. Shout out to Ramon Marquis. Um, yes, he uh, had to deposit $40,000 for his job, but um, he decided to drive out west instead. But he did send me a telegram from the Bates Motel, and uh, he said that he would have given it a mind blower, and he also would have given it 10 hotel room keys. So that is the perfect segue to get into us rating the film. It's on a scale from 1 to 10. Hotel, 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 hotel. I can't even talk. (laughs) Vera Vera Mills. Um... (laughs) <laughs> it's on a 1 to 10 hotel room key scale. The point system is allowed. And let's see who will go first. Eeny, meeny, miny, Mark. 10 across the hall, across the hall. Oh, no, 10 oh, across. You threw your hotel room keys across the hall? I'm just saying 10 is across the hall. Yeah. Oh, okay. All them holes across the hall. Like, yes. The- Ever Hitchcock's at the other end of the hallway, and I'm throwing all my keys in here. Take all oh. Oh. So he's going to sneak a peek <laughs> later on tonight. 
Legionnaire, what about you? Oh, I'm I'm good with uh I'm good with ten room keys. Oh, okay. Are you throwing them at Alfred too? Um, I don't know that I would throw them at Alfred. Uh yeah, I don't think it might hurt, so Okay. Maybe Sam. Maybe Sam. (laughs) Oh, excuse you. (laughs) Cynthia. Um, I would give all my ten keys to Sam. See you later, Sam. Ooh, Ooh kinky. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't like Sam on Bates Motel, the show. Just an FYI. Oh, snap. No, why? They totally f- made him completely a dickhead in that show. It was fantastic. Nice. Donovan, what about you? How many hotel room keys? I'll give this one... Uh... Ten. A reluctant ten. For the reason. Live in your oh. truth. Just living not... in my truth. Living so a ten world. living in your truth. Living in No my peer pressure. Truth. No, there's no peer uh. pressure. When I think about the legacy of this film, it really does earn ten keys. It started so many trends. There's so much, like Legionnaire said, so much this film gets right. It's hard to you know, give it a demerit for one scene. But, um, yeah, I would give it 10. And I'm not throwing my keys at Sam. I'm not throwing my keys at Alfred. They Who are you giving listen. them to? They can listen in the hallway. The, the rich the Texan. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, he said they can listen in the hallway when he what himself? Screams in the shower by myself. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. well. After you see keys, Sam can get 10. African film while me and Sam get down. So, anyway. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Just as long as he doesn't give you the Tippy Hendren experience. Okay. Because you know me. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm going to give it... Ten hotel room keys as well, and uh, the only thing I have to say, because y'all have put it perfectly, is this is, like I said earlier, hands down my favorite Alfred Hitchcock film. So, uh, ten hotel room keys from me. And on that note, please drag your bodies away from the ballroom and prepare to check out. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Horror Hotel. Once again, here's one of our bellhops with a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p-c-r horror hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter and YouTube, at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. 
Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. We hope you've brought your death certificate. Make final arrangements now. <laughs> Thank you. My fellow Horror Hotel team, please wish our hotel guests and the listeners a good night. Bye, y'all. Come back soon. Always listen to your mother. Y'all are a mess, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I said always listen to your mother. Always listen to your mother. Uh, good night, listeners. Good night, everyone. Or not. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You may have checked into the Horror Hotel, but who says you're allowed to check out? Good night.